Welcome to your High Vibration Life podcast with Robin Openshaw, also known online as the Green Smoothie Girl. When you're living your high vibration life, you're healthier in every way. You're more productive, creative, peaceful, and loving. Your high vibration life is calling. And now your host, Robin Openshaw. Hi, and welcome to Your High Vibration Life. I'm your host, Robin Openshaw, and today we are introducing to you again, Dr. Dietrich Klinghart, who is one of the most preeminent energy medicine doctors on the face of the planet. In this episode, Dr. Klinghart had gone on at length with me about biological dentistry and toxic practices and materials used by conventional dentists. It's not their fault. It's what they were trained in in dental school. Knowing what's in this episode might be a game changer for your health. So I hope you enjoy more great content from Dr. Dietrich Klinghart. So Dr. Klinghart, what makes biological dentistry unique? Biological dentistry is uh, the revolutionary discovery that the teeth are actually part of the body. An example of non-biological thinking is the FDA has ruled amalgam fillings a device, a device that's something that's external to the body. So the filling materials in the teeth are regulated like a tense unit or like a cane or a wheelchair, something that's outside the body. And biological dentistry is a revolutionary discovery that the teeth are actually an integral part of the body and whatever happens in the teeth uh, will affect every system in in the body. So biological medicine and biological dentistry, of course, uh, two ends of the same stick. Um, I think that's all I want to say at this point. You know, I, I'm quite certain, you know, Dr. Thomas Rao very well. And, you know, I've been to both of the Paracelsus clinics, um, the one in the North in Lusmule being the very famous one, but the very, very beautiful sort of undiscovered by Americans ones. I, I, there's not a word written in English about the place. I discovered it and I've taken many, many people there and, do you know Dr. Petra Vishal who runs it now? Of course, we know each other very well. I thought so. And she is a dear friend and I showed her around America and she is just one of the many doctors who've told me about your work. But biological dentistry really fascinates me and you've touched on that. And you've alluded to the fact that our teeth are actually organs of the body. Would you talk about, I believe you probably had something to do with this research, but Dr. Rao has this, you know, it should be a famous chart of connecting the teeth to the meridians of the body and his famous work in connecting breast cancer to root canals. Can you speak to that a bit? Yeah. So the the dental chart uh, actually uh, originates uh, from Dr. Reinhold Foll. Um, and Felix Kramer, uh, Dr. Rao was just selling it, <laughs> but the actual chart was developed uh, by two brilliant physicians, uh, Dr. Foll, who interesting, uh, most people don't know that he, he developed uh, EDS, you know, electrodermal screening, electroacupuncture, but not really. He got that from Wilhelm Reich, who was a brilliant German uh, physician, Jewish physician, who immigrated during the Nazi time to the U.S. Uh, and unfortunately had a pretty rough fate here. His books, which were brilliant, were burned in 1966. The Americans were still doing book burnings like we did in the Middle Ages. Um, and so his knowledge kind of disappeared. And Dr. Foll, 
was one of his students and developed uh, acupuncture. And he did the first measurements to show how which tooth is related to which organ. And it was uh, his uh, student, Dr. Schimmel, who developed the Vega test, but also was a dentist. And Dr. Schimmel was not the first one to report uh, the root canals cause cancer. It was really uh, the American uh, dentist, Weston Price, who uh, wrote the first essay on that, the root canals cause cancer around 1920. Um, but uh, as all good things in America, there's a huge lobby uh, from the industry that uh, the American knowledge of really good revolutionary things we cannot make money with, that knowledge doesn't blossom here, it has to go to some other country and becomes famous there, and then hopefully makes it back to America. <laughs> and that happened with the root canal issue, how toxic root canals are and how devastating to the system was discovered in the US by this wonderful research Western Price did that's all written up in George Meinig's book, uh, The Root Canal Cover-Up, the original research. But it went from here to Germany, and then Dr. Schimmel made it measurable, and all those things entered the dental chart that eventually was published by Dr. Schimmel, and then Dr. Rao has just made a nice color copy of it. Um, uh, but it's not... It's not uh, we want to give credit to the people that really have developed uh, these beautiful insights. Yeah, I appreciate that because um, my uh, n- it wasn't my first exposure to how toxic root canals are and unfortunately have had a few of my own teeth pulled because I didn't realize what I was doing many years ago when I had root canals. But we will post in the show notes the root canal cover-up by Meinig, I believe it's, you can, you can go and you can read the work of Weston Price, but it's huge volumes. And so that probably boils it down and writes it more um, for a lay person so that we can understand it. But this is going to be kind of a shock for some people listening. Um, Dr. Klinghart, uh, I find that every time I talk to anyone about this, even people who are pretty sophisticated and pretty well down the path of learning more holistic uh, ways of living than just, you know, handing your health to an, a medical doctor for your drugs and your and your surgeries. I find that they don't know the connection between root canals and their health. And so will you just explain in the simplest language possible why root canals are connected to breast cancer and what is so very toxic about getting a root canal? I think uh, the, the easiest way for people to understand is the original research. So Western Price started with a patient with very, very severe knee pain. He extracted a root canal tooth that the patient has. The knee pain went away. Then he implanted uh, a very tooth under the skin of a rabbit. And within three days, the rabbit had knee pain on the same side, swollen knee, and died from an infection in that knee. Then uh, a few uh, experiments further down, he took uh, a, a... root canal out from a patient with breast cancer. The breast cancer improved in the patient. I don't know if the patient healed or just improved. He uh, took that tooth, sewed it under the skin uh, of a rabbit. Within a few days or a week or so, the rabbit developed breast cancer. So I think that says more than any of the studies. Now, Now, we know that the, uh, the root canal filling itself contains, you know, the gutta percha contains 5% mercury, which is highly toxic. But we know that the 
uh, lateral canals in a tooth are filled with bacteria after a few months of a root canal and they secrete very toxic endo and exotoxins that then exert a variety of effects uh, in the body. Um, what's more common is chronic fatigue, sinus problems, shoulder problems, back pain, uh, liver problems, prostate problems, uh, and cancer. Yes, occasionally, it's probably not the most common uh, thing that we see, but it's one of the possible things. And and so, because it's so unpredictable, uh, our policies in biological medicine, root canals, have absolutely no place. Well, and we have an entire specialty, an odontic specialty in American medicine that that's pretty much what they do all day long. And it's extremely highly paid specialty. And so endodontics isn't going anywhere anytime soon. And your endodontist isn't going to share this with you. And most of them have studied nothing of the work of Weston Price. And I think it's important to mention that if the, if you're hearing this for the first time, these famous rabbit studies that Dr. Klinghart is mentioning, keep in mind that it wasn't just a rabbit whose, you know, the tooth was implanted under the rabbit skin of a woman with breast cancer and one with knee pain. Hundreds of bunnies died in experiments with not just Dr. Price, but other practitioners who were able to duplicate his research because research that we want to pay attention to is valid and is, uh, you know, is replicatable. And that study went, went on and on and on. Would you agree? It became just pivotal to the, the field of biological dentistry, which seeks to do no harm now. Yeah, it was absolutely convincing research, a very, very uh, hardcore and, and irrefutable. And, you know, quite honestly, I have the computer full of peer-reviewed articles written by the medical community uh, with similar findings and, and more breaking it down, what the cytokines are and what the toxins are that are generated in the canal teeth. And, um, you know, and it's a trade-off, you know, when you take a tooth out, you lose your bite. And that structural loss also has consequences on the system. And so uh, we've, we have become quite in favor of uh, replacing the root canals with ceramic implants. And so we don't want to really take the business away from the dentist. We just want to retrain them uh, that uh, it is very clear by following patients for a long period of time. I have my longest standing ceramic implant patient is over 30 years now because that's how long they've been around. And they're clearly doing health-wise much, much better than a patient with the same number of root-filled teeth. And so there is a better solution. Um, you know, it, it could be that one day, we've had various uh, seasons where biological dentists tried out different ways of doing the root canals, you know, ozonating the inside of the tooth, running electric currents through it with colloidal silver. And there has been marginal progress in making them less toxic, but um, I, I, I don't want to go over the single case. I have dozens of cases where they clearly did not work out. The patient still got the illness related to it, and the still uh, the patient dramatically improved when the teeth were pulled. And so, biological dentistry is a unfortunate area in the U.S. There's many of the good techniques here of do how to do things right. 
come from the U.S., but many of the dentists actually practicing that way lost their license because in the U.S., the license, the dental license, the medical license is a privilege given by the medical board or dental board that can be taken away without any real justification. Privileges are not uh, constitutional rights, let's just put it that way. And so that puts the, the, the whole group of medical doctors and dentists in the U.S. in a very dangerous kind of place. You know, they, if they lose their license, they lose their life sustenance, you know, the family and everything. And that unfortunately we've seen too many times. So I started referring patients that need to have more extensive dental work done to a biological clinic in, in Switzerland. It's called Swiss Biohealth. There's other places that do everything right according to the latest standard and science. And they're not reprimanded by their dental boards or medical boards to practice an archaic way of unscientific dentistry. And so unfortunately, the dentists here in the U.S. are really not free to do the right thing. And so the same for the physicians. So we all need to be really careful what we say. I believe Hal Huggins is one of the probably most controversial, famous, and brave and bold uh, early dentists who faced losing his license by speaking up against mercury in fillings that were that was causing neurological damages, causing autoimmune misfires in the body and and probably causing cancer, like you said, a lesser lesser but significant problem with all this um, heavy metal exposure. Don't expect, if you're listening to this, don't expect the American Dental Association to come out and say, oh, everybody, we're really sorry that we exposed tens of millions of Americans to heavy metals exposure. I mean, that would be like the class action lawsuit of of the century. And I, not being a medical doctor, can speak more freely <laughs> than Dr. Klinghart can. And so I'm going to speak fairly boldly. And what he's talking about, just to recap, is that um, American dentists are trying to do things like ozonate a, a dead or dying tooth. And they're trying to use um, processes of using nano silver, which, you know, has really great surface area coverage of that kills bacteria. But I think what I hear you saying Dr. Klinghart, is that you see American dentists doing these things, but you've seen it fail. And my guess is because when you're talking about a tooth, it's a living organism. It's an organ of your body. You're talking about three miles of dentin tubules in one tooth. Therefore, how are you going to sterilize it? How are you going to ozonate all of that so that those living bacteria don't become these deadly pleomorphic organisms that can range the body? Am I summing it up fairly well? Yeah, absolutely. Tell me about, because that was new to me, you said you have a 30-year-old ceramic implant that you you placed. It sounds like you believe in that. So the doctors here, the biological dentists here in Utah, they pretty much all use titanium. Uh, Dr. Judson Wall uses zirconium. I have one zirconium implant. And then you're using ceramic. What do you think the, the short version is of the differences there? No, uh, zirconium oxide is a ceramic material. Yeah, so all ceramics are metal salts that are non-conductive. Yeah? And the difficult, titanium is too difficult. This one has shown that the titanium slowly, uh, molecules of titanium are carried away from the uh, dental implant. They're highly sensitizing the allergic system and people. That's sort of one problem. 
it's probably not very toxic, but it's highly immunogenic. It, it, it cranks the immune system up to uh, lead to autoimmunity. You know, that's all published. Vera Stesko, uh, she's an immunotoxicologist in uh, Czech Republic now. She was uh, at the Karolinska Institute for many years, has published all those papers. And the science on that is very clear that titanium is not an acceptable material in the jaw. The, the other one that is less known is that uh, titanium implants act as a microwave antenna. That means they concentrate the electrosmog that we are uh, exposed to, uh, concentrates it into your jaw uh, several hundred fold, and uh, that has a very destructive effect. Uh, it's a pro-inflammatory uh, radiation that you funnel into your body the moment you have a titanium implant. So it's it's a no-no. And then the ceramics that are used most commonly is zirconium oxide. Zirconium oxide is also known in South Af South America as a healing gemstone yeah, that that uh, people use for gemstone healing work. And of course, it's made in the lab, but it's still the same gemstone. And it's a material that's light conductive, which is very, very important for proper functioning of the teeth. It's a light conduit similar to a fiber optic. And it is has no surface electrons. That means it cannot possibly cause any allergies or any recognition by the immune system. Um, and it is not conductive electrically. That means it doesn't it's not an antenna, a receiver for microwave or for electric fields. And so it's an extremely safe material. The initial healing process may take a tiny bit longer than with titanium. Um, it took the FDA forever to license it. Uh, it only happened like six or eight years ago. It's been in Switzerland for about 40 years and Germany for about 30 years. So there's a lot of collective experience. Uh, there is a higher skill level involved placing a titanium, uh, placing a zirconium implant compared to a uh, titanium implant. But given all that, very, very few of the zirconium implants fail. The ones that I've observed, like I said, the first one that I've observed in one of my patients was 30 years ago. It's still good, it's still perfect. And um, it's just a better way to go. Yeah, so there's enough collective experience amongst us practitioners in Europe and worldwide that once the, if the zirconium implant is placed properly, it lasts forever. It doesn't break. Uh, there is no long distance problem. It doesn't cause breast cancer. It doesn't cause knee pain. It doesn't cause any of the other problems that other things potentially cause. And it's just the right way to go. Unfortunately, you know, the, the products in America, even the zirconium oxide implants that we've looked at have other things mixed in. It's our typical American way of doing things that may not be so inert. So I, we use implant materials from Europe that are just that, just zirconium oxide, nothing else in it. No, there's no additive, no coloring agents, no, <laughs> no nothing. And so it's a beautiful new, new time that, you know, because I'm 66, you know, my age, people start losing teeth. And in the old days, in biological medicine, it meant you go to a partial denture, and that partial denture gets bigger and bigger. And now it means when you lose a tooth, you don't get a root canal, you go straight to get a zirconium oxide implant. 
Uh, if it's done properly, it's fantastic. You have clarified so many things for me. I've written so much and and uh, researched so much, and I get asked a lot of questions about these debates, and you've really given me some great clarity on the zirconium oxide versus titanium. The only dentist, uh, last I checked in Utah, who does zirconium oxide implants is Dr. Judson Wall. I did get mine from him. I also have a titanium implant, and now I'm sorry that I have it. And I appreciate that clarification. Maybe maybe one more thing. You know, the proper way to uh, implant uh, is developed again by, by a German dentist, Dr. Voll, who practices now in Switzerland. And uh, he uh, he does this. So, so first you, you drill the hole in the bone you know, where the implant is supposed to go. Then he takes your blood, spins out a special subgroup of growth factors that are injected into the into the site. And then the implant is drilled in like a screw. And those implants heal on average four times faster than without doing it's called PGRF, platelet-derived growth factors. And it's an absolutely fantastic new time with the dramatic quick healing times. And it's a minimum of, of complications afterwards. I have learned so much already. We will put the Sophia Health Institute uh, URL in the show notes. So you make sure you know where you can learn more. I hope you've been as fascinated by what doctors in Europe who study biological medicine are doing that's on the cutting edge of wellness worldwide. Thank you to Dr. Dietrich Klinghart for being a beacon to many, many American doctors. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next time. 